Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Mac Report for the 2021 season. With me, definitely not a Macclesfield celebrity, Miles Horner, here to discuss the weekend's fixtures. And firstly, we're going to jump straight into proceedings and welcome on James Cross to tell us about the two games the first team played this weekend. Hey Miles, uh, so we had uh, two games this week, uh, again, so four games in sort of like the uh, space of space of a week and a day so it was a very challenging time for us and obviously this time of year a little bit of unavailability cracks in so uh, on the Saturday we had uh, Warrington at home uh, now I managed to win the toss and bowl first and we got to a really good start with uh, Miles Bradshaw getting an early wicket uh, then uh, they did get to I think it was about 6.50 for two before Birchie and Chris Moores uh, took a wicket apiece, which then brought their main player, uh, Jonathan Fletcher, the South African to the crease, and he batted really, really well from the off, going at well over a runner ball for 81. And he put them in, he stood them in really, really good stead and, and was ably supported by by some other batsmen as well. Um, in terms of ourselves, bowling-wise, Miles Bradshaw, four for 50, just missing out on another five for... Uh, Morza with a wicket, Birch with two wickets, myself with two wickets, and Ben Kerwin with with the final wicket. Now, quite importantly, actually, we bowled them out in forty seven point one overs, so it gave us two extra overs to chase it down, uh, and they actually got two hundred nine. So uh, it was quite a big chase, uh, and it started off uh, quite badly. So Porter and Jack Matson opened up. Uh, Jack sadly was on the wrong end of a bouncer. And, uh, and got caught deep third man. So, uh, me and Ports then put just over 60 on for the second wicket before Ports was bowled. And then that was quickly followed by me getting bowled as well. So again, we'd, we'd made an all right start being sort of like 69 for one before going to 71 for three. Uh, this then brought Birchie and Miles Bradshaw to the crease. Uh, and they batted extremely well. Uh, Birchie got 57 off 42 balls and Miles Bradshaw 58 off 77 balls, which is exceptional. Um, and then lately followed by uh, a couple of runs from Sam Buckingham and a lovely 17 uh, before being uh, given LBW for Brad Porter. So really mature innings from Brad there, especially for a 15-year-old. And then... Um, Tom Carter and Jack Massey managed to finish it off. So we ended up 212 for seven of 49.4 overs. But obviously with us bowling them out in 47.1, those extra two overs gave us a little bit of a comfort blanket, which is really, really good. So it was a good start to the weekend with a big 25 points for us. Uh, and that put us in a really good position uh, to, to avoid relegation. Uh, then on the Sunday, again, a really, really important game against a team that's down there with us, Congleton. Uh, this one was rearranged because of COVID. Again, I won the toss and we bowled. And again, we got off to a really, really good start with um, Chris Moores and Miles Bradshaw taking some early wickets. Then Congleton sort of got themselves back into it. Jack Good batted well and Gareth Cresswell both got 50s. Uh, as well as their overseas getting 40 as well. So Congleton actually ended up on uh, 217 for seven off their 50 overs. Uh, Miles Bradshaw again, three wickets for 36. This time Moores are with a wicket, myself with two, and Jack Massey with one. So it was really, really good stuff. 
217 we felt was a little bit over par, but we certainly uh, we knew that they were a couple of bowlers short, so it was certainly uh, certainly doable. And then again, it didn't quite start quite as well as we would have liked, losing uh, Miles Bradshaw to a really good ball in the first over. Um, and then Chris Moores had a go at three this week and, and sadly uh, sadly succumbed as well. Uh, Jack Matson opened again, batted really, really well, uh, ended up with 34, ably assisted by uh, Bucky, who came in and uh, hit, a good, uh, hit a nice six as well, as well as a couple of fours, and managed to get to 21. Uh, myself with 31, um, and Birchie with 35. So at this stage, we were in a, in a decent position. Uh, before I got out, me and Birchie had put on just over 50, I think 51. So we were about 117 for four, uh, with about 100 needed, but feeling quite comfortable. Sadly then, like I said, I got bowled, um, followed quite quickly by Birchie getting caught on the edge as well. So again, a little bit of a mid-order collapse. Um, but Jack Massey uh, and Ben Kerwin put on a nice little stand between themselves. Got us to about 161 for seven before Ben uh, sadly got bowled. Uh, so this actually put us on 161 for eight. So we were needing um, about 57. I think it was off about just under 20 overs, about 17, 18 overs. So... It was quite a tricky decision um, what to do from there, but Will Jennings batted extremely well as well as Jack Massey and uh, and saw saw the game out for us with uh, Jack Massey 32 off 51 and Will Jennings a really good uh, stitchy roll at the end with 8 off 53 balls because, like you said, this was being a game against people around us in the league. You've, you've got to make sure that you don't lose and you don't concede too many points to them so it was really really good to see uh, a lot of great determination by those two young lads in Jack Massey and Will Jennings and a special shout out as well to Sam Hughes uh, sadly had to go in for the last over number 11 um, and faced faced a good six balls comfortably um, and really took the onus on himself to to get the job done for us so we ended up 189 for nine off the 50 overs so, like I said, we were uh, just, well, we were 28 runs short in the end. Um, certainly, probably, like you said, it's all what ifs. If we would have had a go at it, um, we may have got over the line, may have got the big 25 points again. Uh, but I think it was a safer bet in, in making sure that we didn't lose that game, especially with the importance of it and how close we are together in the league. Um, this week sees us just with uh, one game, so we're going to um, Bowden, who are now top of the league, so that'll be a tricky game, they're a good side, uh, but hopefully the lads can show the grit and determination that we have in the past few weeks and, and get a good number of points on the board. And now moving on to the second eleven game, it gives me great pleasure to welcome back Mr Adam Longshaw, who has uh, assumed the mantle of captain for the second team, probably for the rest of the season. Longus, how are you? All good, mate. How are you? Yeah, very, very good indeed. Uh, good to have you back on the podcast, and it's nice to have you here without Bay, otherwise known as uh, Chris Flint. Um, are you going to manage, or do you need me to get him on the line? 
I think we'll just about be all right, to be fair. I feel a bit more for people having to listen to my dulcet tones again. <laughs> well, I mean, I still think that you came away in uh, better credit than he did from your, uh, you know, bromance podcast. But, uh, uh, you know, all joking aside, it's good to have you back on, mate. And um, as I say, you're, you're sort of assuming the, the, the role of second team captain with Frenchie up in the ones. Talk to us about Saturday's game. Yeah, so the twos uh, made the journey up into the hills, up to Hyde. And for once, it wasn't actually raining at Hyde, which is normally, uh, you normally get up there, the covers are on and everyone's a bit doom and gloom. But uh, yeah, in what was a bit of a, a relegation sort of dogfight game, Hyde stuck us in on what looked like quite a good deck, actually. And obviously, knowing that batting first, we get double points, we were kind of quite happy with that. Coombsy and Ian Kenny opened the batting, looked fairly steady. And then Coombsy decided to run Ian out or vice versa, I can't remember, but it was a bit calamitous, to say the least. That soon followed by another run out. And at that point, I was thinking, right, we could be on one here. But yeah, then sort of myself came in, battered with Coombsy, um, managed to get a bit of a partnership going. Sort of the second, third chain bowlers come on. So a bit respite from the openers. And Coombsy, to be fair to him, batted really nicely, scored 43. You know, got himself going, took a bit of time, um, but played some really good shots and sort of moved himself onto a good total. That then meant Flinty came in back with me and I thought we could be on for one here you know a bit of an opportunity to back together get some runs under our belt but obviously Chris didn't really read the script um, and got out fairly soon after and then yeah you know I departed fairly soon after that 56 and it left kind of Robin Farmer working with the tail so you know Robin backed really really well got himself in again you know showed his class Henry Mitchell with a few valuable runs down the down the order uh, Will Jennings with a 20 Leroy We'll say a little bit less about, safe to say it only goes one way with Leroy. It's normally sort of quite short and sharp. And yeah, in the end, we finished 208 for nine off 50, thinking we've got a decent shout here. Yeah, sounds like, um, you know, a, a couple of decent contributions there from yourself and Coombsy, but also, um, you know, some, some other useful performances. Will Jennings down at number nine with 24 off 20 balls, obviously adding a, a little bit of impetus there. And uh, you mentioned Robin Farmer, I think, to my knowledge, probably making uh, his first appearance for, for Mac's second team, certainly this season. Uh, I don't know if he's played twos before, but, um, you know, him and his son, Ben Farmer, called up into the team. Obviously, we'll, we'll talk about the bowling in a second, but, um, you know, what, what can you say about Robin and his sort of contribution? You mentioned him sort of batting with the tail a bit there yeah i mean you know it's just great to have someone come back in with a bit of experience a bit of know-how and, and it's really nice to see you know some of the players who who are getting some game time in the threes and, and doing well in the threes and the fours come up and actually you know kind of show that they can do it at the twos level um i think for a long time you know there's been a number of players who've managed to come up and and sort of stick around and score some runs or take wickets in the twos and it's always quite pleasing seeing you know people come up and actually sort of do something on the day and provide in some way because the last thing you want is someone to come up and, and not really get much out of the day so it's fantastic to see Robin come up and score some runs and yeah, a really useful player to have with the, not only with the bat but also with the gloves as well yeah absolutely and uh, you know in the, the the games that he's played for the threes this year uh, one of the uh, in uh, sort of enduring features of Robin's game is he uh, he hits the ball very very hard um, any any particularly eye-catching shots not that I can remember off the top of my head. I just know that he, he took a bit of a liking to to one of their blokes, sort of a medium pace, and, and started trying to hit him over his head. But yeah, it make, makes the game look quite simple at times. Um, he's got a really good knack of 
you know, putting bowlers off the length by coming down the pitch, etc. Which, you know, to some of those bowlers on Saturday, he was a braver man than I was to do that. But yeah, he just you know took his time, got himself in, and again, you know, proved that he's a really useful part, or will be a really useful part of the team this season. Fantastic. And then moving on to uh, the fielding innings for Macclesfield, you opened the bowling with Will Jennings and the aforementioned son of Robin Farmer, Ben Farmer, making his Tuesday debut. Yeah, so Jenno and, and Ben took the new ball. Um, and it was actually Ben who struck first. Um, yeah, he bowled really well, a lot of control, got the ball to swing. And again, just showed that, you know, you don't have to bowl the fast, sort of as fast in the league. You don't have to be the quickest in the league. Um, as long as you can put it on a good area and make the ball sort of move around a little bit, it's always going to be challenging to bat at any level. And yeah, he, he got a wicket, um, good catch taken by Ian Kenny at second slip. And from there, you know, Obviously, we knew early wickets were going to be the key. Um, Jeno himself picked up one, you know, caught by Leroy um, at slip as well. Um, and then they started to build a little bit. They had, you know, their opener who looked a really good player, um, you know, knew his way how to build ninnies in this league. And, and yeah, we, we changed it up after a while. Um, Sam Hughes and Leroy came on. A um, couple of overs for Finn Nash, a couple of overs for Harry Mitchell as well. Um, and again, you know, Sam showed that he's going to be a really, really useful part of that team. And again, picking up three wickets um, and just bowling them in a lot, a lot of control, you know, a lot of maturity for his age and just working, you know, knowing his field, setting his field and that sort of thing. So it it proved not to be on the day and they had a few lads who came in and scored some runs lower down the innings like we did. But again, a lot of sort of learning experiences with the ball and it's fantastic to see so many younger players you know taking taking a lead with the ball you know you look at that lineup and bowling wise you know five out of the six of the bowlers are all under under 18 which is fantastic yeah i mean it's it's a great you know thing for the future certainly but obviously at the same time it, it is very tough competing in that twos prem um as as we're discovering and, and whilst there are lots of positives in you know you mentioned the performances of under 18s um it, it's certainly not going to be an easy uh easy fight to get out of relegation um you know you mentioned there obviously uh, a little bit of a partnership towards the end of their innings um obviously it looks like you took uh batsman seven eight and nine for sort of ten five and nine uh sort of respectively runs wise um do you feel macron in with a sniff at any point you know trying to break that ninth wicket partnership yeah definitely i mean you know with sort of they i think they're about eight down with 50, 50 runs to play with and you thought yeah we just need one or two to go to hands here or a couple of bad shots or whatever and they've got a bloke in the middle of the innings uh, a bloke called Dave Layton who he makes himself look like he's never going to score a run and he just you know dead bats everything and, and doesn't look like he's ever going to score a run and before you know it he's 20 not out and he's won the game for the team um, which again unfortunately happened on this occasion but yeah we had a couple of chances but Overall, I think if you'd said to me at the start of the day, you know, we'll pick up as many points as we had done and be as competitive as we had done, really, um, I'd have been pretty happy with that at the start of the day, to be honest. Fantastic. Um, so, you know, as you mentioned, uh, Macclesfield unfortunately ran out losing the game with uh, Hyde posting 212 for 8 off 47.3 overs. But Macclesfield picking up a, a more than useful 11 points. Um, have you got a player of the day? I think for me, it's a difficult one to choose because there's so many you know, individual contributions. But I think, again, for someone 
Yeah, I said it before, but for someone of his age, I think the way that Sam Hughes bowled and the fact that, you know, despite the fact that he got hit for some runs at different points, he just kept throwing the ball up, kept picking up wickets. Um, and I think, you know, he's, he's really maturing into the first choice spinner. I think it says a lot about the fact that, you know, we, we always turn to him ahead of maybe a you know, Leroy or somebody similar. So I think Sammy's got a lot to to offer for that team. And, and you know, he's, he's proving vital at the minute in terms of, being the leading spin bowler, really. And um, moving on to this weekend, um, it's a bit of a, a double header as we've got uh, a rearranged fixture from earlier in the season due to COVID. But do you want to tell us where the twos are playing this weekend? Yeah, so we've got a bit of a, a Brucey bonus this weekend. We've got uh, Saturday at home versus Bowden, and then we've got Sunday away versus Alton Park. Um, yeah, again, Bowden and Alton Park, both sort of mid-table sides, both sides that you, know, you just never know who you're going to end up what eleven's going to turn out for them. So, you know, again, it's just an opportunity for us to to go out and, and see what we can do, really. I think, you know, the, the key thing for the twos for the rest of the season is that we make it an enjoyable environment and we, we just, you know, we go out and, and we play competitive cricket, but we, we try and do the best that we can do and enjoy it. And, you know, as long as we do that, you know, a, a team has always got a chance to win a game, I suppose. Um, it could be your day one day and, and We'll just see how we go on. So, yeah, we'll we see, you know, ideally pick up a 50-point weekend, but let's just see where we end up come Monday. Fantastic, mate. Well, uh, as I say, it's good to have you back on and uh, credit to you for sort of stepping into the to the breach. Um, and, and in fairness to you, it would be remiss of me not to mention uh, a captain's innings there. Um, nice to get another 50 under your belt. Yeah, it's always good to score runs. I think I've had enough chances of playing the twos and, and you know, managing to keep a place when I've not scored a lot of runs. So I think now as, as a slightly senior player, let's say, um, it's, it's time to step up and score some runs, really. Very good, mate. Well, uh, look forward to welcoming you back onto the podcast, I'm sure, in due course. Nice to be back. And now moving on to the third team fixture. The threes hosted Timperley at home on Saturday. Unbelievably, yet again, I managed to win the toss um, and elected to field on what looked like a pretty bowler-friendly track. Um, lots of grass, pretty green, um, a little bit different to, to to the main ground, shall we say. And of course, in fairness to Paolo, I did ask him exactly for that. Um, but yeah, it, it looked pretty pretty bowler-friendly and we were hoping to uh, sort of put Timperley in and uh, cause a bit of damage early. Um, alas, that was not to be, as their openers looked to really take the game to myself and Andrew Baitup opening the bowling with a combination of good shots, uh, awful shots, and, and a little bit of luck. Um, in the end, I managed to pick up one of their openers for 37, and Andrew Baitup struck to a decent catch from Yash Jane um, to remove the other opener. And uh, after that, we made a change at uh, Andrew's end, and Steve Moore's uh, sort of joined the fray. Always good to have Steve playing. Um, and yet again, as Langs is a great fan of the, the Moore's uh, rotation policy, Steve came in for uh, the, the missing Tony Moore's. Um, and, you know, we got exactly what we'd expect from Steve Moore's. He kept it really tight. Um, lots of variations fly and guile and you know all the tricks in the books that he has and he really managed to peg them back bowling his 10 overs two wickets for 21 picking up uh, you know a couple of pretty dangerous batsmen from Timperley on the way including uh, one of their lads who got 40 odd um, and was caught by uh, by Harry Owens who uh, took uh, I think two or three catches on the day um, and that one was a bit of a steepler 
After I finish my uh, 10, picking up uh, another wicket along the way, Stephen Whittingham entered uh, the attack and, uh, you know, did what Witters does, which was dangle the carrot, and they were good enough to have a, a good old chomp, really. Um, and after the start that they got, I think they were about 100 for two. Um, we grafted really hard um, to uh, to dismiss them for 162 off 37 overs, um, including uh, a very, very smart run out from Richard Flint, which, uh, as we kept saying on the day, had absolutely no place in the third team. Um, one-handed pickup, uh, sort of falling away to his right, uh, and he had one stump to it to aim at from sort of shortish cover and and threw the stumps down so uh, a great great piece of individual skill from from mini flint uh, proving as ever that he is the better flint um yeah stephen whittingham picking up uh, four wickets destroying the tail as he does um and uh, as i mentioned uh, a couple of wickets there for, for steve moores to dismiss them 162 seemed a very gettable score in the uh, the sort of context of the game because, as we discovered, uh, whilst the pitch did look very bowler-friendly, it was, in fact, a very, very good deck. Um, you know, there was a bit of movement more off the seam and, and a bit of spin, but uh, it was a very true wicket, a pretty consistent bounce and, and very hard. So, you know, credit to, to Paolo, as always, for, for producing great cricket wickets for us. Um, unfortunately, Macclesfield rather faltered in their reply um, in the face of some pretty decent bowling, to be fair, to, to Timperley. They opened up with uh, Ragu Baska and Swaraj Roy, who are sort of uh, perennially decent bowlers for them. And Baska stroke first, uh, picking up the wicket of Joe Haig um, before Yes Jane sort of soon followed him. Mitch Moores and Joshua Gendron came together um, and got starts um, 12 and 13 respectively before also falling. Um, Harry Owens came in and, and went pretty quickly as well uh, before Richard Flint sort of came in and, and, and does what Richard Flint does and sort of took a few chances, played a few shots, got himself to 28 before he was bowled uh, by Shukla. And, uh, you know, then we were into to the lower order with, with quite a lot to do um, with the score at sort of 70 for 7. It was pretty uh, pretty tough going. Witters unfortunately fell to to really the first attacking shot he played. He, he came in and played pretty watchfully. And then unfortunately, uh, as I say, the first sort of ball he hit in the air almost, he, he was caught. Um, Alistair Knight tried to, to dig in and, and resist the urge to go completely feral. Um, unfortunately, uh, he he was uh, sort of ran out of partners at the end with Steve Moores and myself not really offering too much um, before Andy Baitup joined him and uh, Alistair sort of holed out. Mac, unfortunately, being bowled out for 107 off 34.1 overs. You know, a disappointing batting performance from us. Um, I think it would be uh, be fair to say from all of us, really. There are a good few starts in there on, on what was... Uh, was not a minefield by by any stretch of the imagination um but as i say credit to timperley who who did bowl very well you know there was no sort of well dross bowling frankly you know oftentimes in this league if you get through the openers and then maybe one of the change bowlers you you tend to find someone come on who you can uh, as ian kenny would say get after um but on the day you know Timperley showed great discipline and, uh, and and bowled very well. They bowled very straight um, with a little bit of pace and, and that was enough really. So a, a disappointing performance um, 
you know, in the end. Um, player of the day, I think, would have to be Stephen Whittingham for, for four wickets um, to to really sort of wrestle back the initiative from them. As I say, they were they were 100 for two and, and to bowl them out for 162 was was good work from the team. And the last thing I will say is, uh, you know, a little, uh, little shout out to Timperley. Um, you know, we as a club and, and probably me as a captain and us as a team occasionally uh, get a reputation for, for playing pretty hard and aggressive cricket and, uh, and getting stuck in, which we enjoy doing. But, you know, we're always the first to, to stick around and have a couple of beers after the game. And, and credit to the Timperley lads. We really enjoy playing them. They're a great set of guys. Um, they stuck around. They always do. And uh, in fact, the highlight of the day for me really was, uh, you know, they all came over to watch the, the first team game, the end of the first team game. And Miles Bradshaw, as we heard from Crossy, was uh, sort of sealing the deal on his way to 50 and, and winning the game. And, and, and basically, in, in, uh, every time he, he hit the ball, let alone hit a boundary or a run. All of the Timperley players were, were going absolutely feral on the boundary, uh, getting stuck into to a few jugs um, and uh, just, just screaming their heads off and cheering. Um, much to the amusement of all the Macclesfield players and uh, Miles sort of walked off at the end of the game to, to see all these these blokes. He had no idea who they were going going feral on the boundary. So, uh, you know, uh, credit to, to Timperley lads for, for always sticking around and, and providing no end of entertainment. Moving on to the weekend's fixture for the third team, we uh, look forward to welcoming our dear, dear friends, Stockport Trinity, uh, for, uh, for uh, an interesting and, and I'm sure slightly spicy clash at home. So yeah, we look forward to that fixture. And now moving on to our fourth fixture of Saturday. Of course, it is the fourth team and uh, delighted to welcome back, as ever, the ever-present, ever-silky-voiced Mr. Matt Cunningham to tell us about the fourth team game. Thank you, Mal. That's a nice introduction. Um, So yeah, we were away at Haslington on Saturday, um, which we thought would be an easy match. So we played in the week before at home and won by eight wickets. But as soon became apparent, we both had very different teams. Um, they had a much better batting unit and we had a very good bowling unit, to say the least, but completely different bowlers that skittled them for about 74 the week before. Um, so we arrived at their place. Uh, they play at Western Cricket Club, really nice place. And it was a nice looking track. So when I won the toss, I chose to bat. Um, and it was kind of downhill from there, to be perfectly honest. Um, we opened with Will Morris and Harry Martin. Um, both played sensibly. Unfortunately, Harry fell relatively quickly for four runs. He was bowled. And then, I mean, basically to cut quite a sorry tale short, it was basically Will Morris playing very sensibly, hanging around and none of us being able to stay with him. So we were bowled out for 105 after 30 overs, which when you're batting first and quite a nice wicket, it's fairly unforgivable. Um, well, to get fair, had you got, 10 sort of looked good at first and he was out caught. Uh, Jinto hit a few again out caught. A few people sort of looking promising at first, but we just couldn't stay with Will Morris, who, um, to put it mildly, did not keep his feelings to himself after that because he's 42, not out. He should have easily got a 50 day. Absolutely deserved it, but we just couldn't do the business. So with them chasing 105, um, they obviously clear favourites. But to give us credit, um, first over, young Fred Reardon struck, um, bowling absolutely fantastically, really good pace, and they were struggling. So we had a north one, which is perfect. But after that, they got used to the pace of the ball. Sebi bowled really well as well, quite a quick bowler. 
But they, you know, they got used to that. They played sensibly. We took pace off the ball. Myself and a new-ish lad, Sibby Joseph, had a go to no avail. Um, maybe a few drop catches and a few misfields. But I think they just kind of showed us how you bat on that wicket, which is not give many chances away. Thankfully, Harry Martin, to be fair, got two very good wickets, which gave us a valuable point. But in the end, it was complete opposite of the week before. And we ended up losing by seven wickets which you would not have put your money on considering going into that game. Um, so it's one of those, things, learn a few lessons, uh, forget a few things from the batter's perspective and move on to next week. Yeah, it certainly seems, uh, uh, you know, what a, what a difference a week can make, as they may say. Um, but as, uh, you know, is often going to be the case when you're talking about um, third and fourth teams, um, you know, as well we know, teams are very likely to change on a week-by-week -week basis. Um, and and indeed, by the sounds of it, you know, you've got a couple of lads batting for Haslington there. Um, one scored 50, um, you know, and another sort of 25-odd uh, um, up the top of the innings, um, you know, different different customers to the week before i'm sure but um you know nonetheless i'm sure there are some positives to take from it not with uh you know notwithstanding uh will morris and uh, a very well-made 40 odd as you mentioned um it, he also kept wicket i think he got a catch off harry martin is that right he did to be fair yeah he's kept um very well for the past two week, weeks actually yeah i've been really impressed with him um so yeah that's obviously one big positive fred reard and boldwell um great to have um very young uh, Jacob Tidswell turn out for the team. Um, definitely a future player for the club. He was actually unlucky, got run out. wasn't really his fault. So they're the positive to take. Um, but I just, one of those where we think we know we're a bit better than that um, on an average week, should we say. So we'll move on to the next week. Macclesfield find themselves in sixth place in the league. Uh, played 15, won seven, uh, lost six. That's uh, a, a pretty good record so far. Um, you know, now that we're you know over the halfway point here, Matt, what what uh, what are your sort of feelings at, at this stage in the season? Um, obviously, I think the, the team are giving an incredibly good account of themselves, and and to win that many games and and be uh, sixth in the league, you must be very pleased. So yeah, it's it's obviously there's been great wins um, within that, which we're delighted with, um, and a few games against top teams that we've been really close against. Look at Holmes Chapel, who were second, and in that game we lost by one wicket in the last over. So that tells you we're not far off whatsoever. Um, but we have got a run of a few games against teams quite close in the league. So there is a chance to go at maybe one or two places um, in the table, which would be really good. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been a really positive season. Great for a debut. Absolutely. And uh, talking about the weekend, mate, obviously it's always uh, good to get a, a player of the day. Yeah, it's got to be Will Morris, hasn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, he, he was superb. He batted exactly how he should have done and he deserved that 50, but 42 not out isn't bad going whatsoever. And I think he got some runs the, the week before as well, did he? 35 not out. So um, he likes playing at Haslington, clearly. Yeah, I think we, as you, as you say, we just need to find someone that can stick around with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on to this weekend, mate. Who have the fours got? We are away at Offerton, which I'm looking forward to. They've um, got a bit of a reputation, so we, shall we say, around the league. So um, it'll be nice to get a win against them if we can. Very, very good diplomacy from you, Matt. Thank you. Um, well, thanks for joining us as ever. Good to have you on and uh, best of luck for the weekend. Cheers, mate. Thanks for that, Matt. An important date for your diary. The 1st of August, we have a huge event to tell you about. I'll allow club skipper James Cross... To, to fill you in and, and get you started with what that event is. Big game of cricket happening on the 
first of August uh, down at Victoria Road, the MCC. Uh, the Macclesfield Cricket Club uh, over 40s take on the rugby over 40s. It's a rearranged fixture due to the great British weather. That starts at 11 o'clock on that Sunday and followed by the uh, by the big game of the year. That's uh, Macclesfield Cricket Club versus the Rugby Club. Always a game playing high spirits, always very competitive and the Cricket Club always win. Burden this year, I'm coming for you. Okay, you got me last year. I'm coming for you this year, big boy. That certainly sounds like fighting talk to me. So it's only right and just that we give the rugby club cricket captain, Tom Burden, the chance to have his say. Over to you, Tom Burden. Yeah, very much looking forward to the annual T20 game. It's always a always a great game, hotly contested. Also, just want to fact-check James a little bit. He uh, seems to forget that we've won two out of the three fixtures. We've got some quality players in there from uh, Frankie Frankie Barker, the Mac 2, old Mossy and Billy. Great partnership they've had. Not so much in cricket, but uh, yeah. So I think we shouldn't be underestimated at all, really. Um, also want to remind Crossy that he, he, did, he did try and attack me on the... Uh, on the last fixture, but he was quickly uh, bowled and caught with a one-handed catch from myself. So I think he needs to not underestimate big birds as well with his crooked arm. So yeah, uh, very much looking forward to the fixture again this year, hopefully with uh, less restrictions so we can have a, a good day at the bar and, and at the club. Hi Miles, cheers for having me on again. This week I had the pleasure of captaining the Sunday 11 again in uh, Tom Jennings's absence and we travelled to uh, Lindo to face a very strong side. Unfortunately, we did come up, we did come up short, but I was, was still quite impressed with some of the young lads in the team as we restricted Lindo to 221 for six. When I've heard them boys have have scored upwards of 300 and 400 the last few weeks, so tight bowling and good good efforts in the field in the heat gave us a, a little chance. That if anything, the pick of the bowling came from Ollie Mitchell and his brother Henry opening up and then close close the innings as well. Ollie took three wickets and Henry worked hard nicely all day. And yeah, good catching in the field from Henry, from young Sam behind the stumps. And so yes, d- decent performances in the field, good efforts, uh, restricted them to 221. In reply, uh, we got off to a bit of a slow start, but I'd outlined straight away if we were going to get near their total, we had to about 40 overs. The boys batted very well, considering we had 513s in the squad, all following my instructions that I said, you know, you your boys normally only play twenty overs. This is forty. You've got to bat all day, and give yourself a chance. Uh, and that's exactly what they did. Unfortunately, things didn't go our way. We only managed one hundred and forty-five. Iron twenty odd. Henry Mitchell twenty odd, and myself twenty odd. Uh, but good efforts from the boys all round against a, a very strong team, if I'm honest. Uh, and to come within sixty odd or seventy odd. Was was quite impressive, really, considering who we were playing against in the team. We the team we got out, but yeah, very impressed with the young lads again. Uh, good efforts in the field and listened to my instructions, even when it did feel like herding geese around the field. And for my player of the day, it has to be Ollie Mitchell with his performance with the ball. Ten overs, three for twenty odd, I think. Uh, bowled very nicely. Just told him to bowl outside off, nice and full, and he didn't move from there all day, and got his just rewards. And then. Even gave it a little go with the with the bat at the end, a couple of boundaries for about fifteen or so, and uh, yeah, I'm very impressed with the young lad.
And now, before we wrap up the podcast, it gives me great pleasure to welcome back to the podcast a uh, a returning guest all the way back from episode 24. It's uh, the Minister of Milk, the Bully of Beef, the Captain of the Cows. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Tom Radley, here to tell us all about a, well, frankly, insane challenge that he's doing, and indeed, um, a very good charitable cause that he's raising money for. Radders, how are you? Good evening, Miles. Thank you for that introduction. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yes, I'm very, very good indeed. Uh, delighted to have you back on. As I say, it's uh, always good to uh, welcome back people to the podcast all the way back from uh, episode 24. It seems a long time ago. Oh, absolutely. Ple- pleasure to be back. Pleasure to be back. Excellent. Now, in the, in your little introduction there, I might have uh, coined a few phrases from the last one. I did mention that you are in the middle of uh, a, a frankly uh, Herculean effort. Do you want to tell everyone firstly what you're doing and indeed um, you know, what you're raising money for most importantly? Absolutely. Well, um, back in the, the middle of lockdown last year, my, uh, my, my friend convinced me to get a bike. So I got myself a bike for Christmas and we've uh, decided to, to cycle the length of the country, Land's End to John O'Groats. Uh, for for charity, unfortunately, my uh, my friend sort of bowed out at Gretna Green, having done the length of England. So I'm uh, now sitting all by myself in a hotel room, looking out over Loch Ness, which is quite nice, I must say. Yeah, midway through uh, cycling, or hopefully most of the way finished cycling, Lands End to John O'Groats, which is quite exciting. It certainly is, mate. Um, and uh, you know, as I mentioned, this is all in in aid of charity. And, and do you want to tell us who you're raising some money for? Absolutely. It's uh, for the, for a charity called The Toy Appeal, who buy and distribute gifts, Christmas presents for uh, children across the Northwest who, who otherwise wouldn't get any. Oh, that's a fantastic aim. And uh, is that a charity that you, you knew too much about? Or how, how did you sort of uh, decide and, and settle upon them for, for this great sort of cause that you're raising money for? I think it's a great charity, to be honest, uh, really. Uh, but to be honest, it was my... Uh, my friend, who's done some work with him before, and he he was the one who picked it. So that's uh, that's how I how I got into it. But I'm very happy to be raising money for them. And uh, have you got a goal? Uh, where are you up to with that goal? And um, and how can people kind of get involved if they wish? Well, uh, I did have a goal of uh, four hundred pounds. We've uh, amazingly smashed through that, and we're at eight hundred pounds already. So thank you to everyone who's donated already. Yeah, if you uh, look on my Facebook page or go to my Just Giving page, which is justgiving.com slash Rory and Tom Cycle, you can uh, see all the, all the deets, all the info. And uh, I've been trying to update it as I've gone along. So there might be some uh, funny stuff in there for you as well. Excellent. Well, I'm sure I'll pop a few links in a, a, a few key places. Um, but just to give uh, you know listeners a little bit more of a flavour of, of about what you've kind of undertaken here. So you started down in uh, in the depths of England, and and as you 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 know you say you've made it up to Scotland. Um, how long were you sort of uh, hoping to to complete this challenge in? How many miles is it? You know, how many miles are you doing a day? That sort of stuff. Good, good question. So, I mean, the first challenge was getting down to Land's End, which because I'm just dreadful at people and organisation, all that kind of stuff was was a disaster. So we ended up spending eight or nine hours on a train station platform in Bristol because I hadn't booked the right tickets for bikes. So that was a that was a nightmare. Since we've actually started cycling, it's been slightly plainer sailing. So we started in Cornwall, um, and we've done. We've done roughly 80, 70 or 80 miles a day. 
the last couple of days I've stepped it up and I've done about 115 miles a day uh, because Scotland's just empty. So it's much easier to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure there is one person in particular who will be listening to this podcast uh, whose name may be beginning with K and end in Eth Dixon, who will take great offence to you referring to the entirety of Scotland as empty. I mean, the fact that he (laughs) is in Cheshire would sort of just add credence to my point I think <laughs> very much so so you're sort of uh, you're stepping it up now looking at uh, over 100 miles a day which is which is frankly lunatic and and as you say um uh, you're not a you're not a, a practiced uh, <laughs> cyclist you've no aspirations to join the Tour de Force or even the Tour de France um you know how how did you sort of happen upon this particular uh, idea other than the fact that you uh, you are well known for your sort of ridiculous endurance feats like you say you know there's only so much running you can do it's uh, you know the feet hurt after a while so i had to come up with some other way to punish myself uh, and i thought this this seemed like quite a good one and actually I, I must say it's it's quite enjoyable i'm getting into cycling a bit but i, I won't be doing it for a week or two after this i, I can say that for free and just uh, just to round off the the sort of this little section, um, you know, I mentioned you've you've got a, a few uh, challenges, and um, more importantly, some some fantastic sort of charity work under your belt in the uh, in the field of uh, endurance. Um, what are some of the other things that you've you've done in in the good name of charity? Well, yeah, in the past, I've done a done, done a few things. I've run across Wales. That was a 135 mile ultra marathon. That was that was pretty intense. Not going to lie. I've, I've canoed across Scotland before with, with one of my friends and that was that was actually quite painful as well. And I've run around the Lake District, which was also quite painful. So <laughs> I really should learn and just stay at home or even better practice my cricket because that's been woeful this year. <laughs> very, very good. Well, uh, you mentioned cricket there and, and before we uh, ride off into the sunset, no pun intended, uh, when can we when can we expect you uh, back on the cricket field, Radis? Uh as, as soon as the, the undercarriage has recovered, I think. <laughs> <laughs> very good well mate I, I completely commend you for everything you're doing um as i said you are a lunatic um but you're also quite clearly a lunatic blessed with a a, a very very sturdy set of lungs so um you know onwards and upwards i'm sure we'll be all cheering you onto the finish line and as i say mo- most importantly you know fantastic work in in everything you're doing raising money for a very very good charity a great cause and i'm sure um you know various people from the cricket club will will uh, hopefully get involved and, and perhaps uh, steer you on to to that four figures uh, well thank you very much miles and thank you very much for having me on on the podcast and uh, give give me the the time to to speak about it and i'll, I'll see you all soon excellent radis all the best mate onwards and upwards thank you very much <laughs>